Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello and welcome to the Anyone's Game podcast. I'm Robbie Hanrathy and today I'm delighted to be joined by Aberdeen title-winning duo Lauren Campbell and Joe Fraser, as well as Anyone's Game pundit Kenny Bogue. How are we? Yeah, yeah good, thanks. Yes, I'm very well, Robbie. Thanks for having me. I know what is. Well, where do we start? Back-to-back league champions for Aberdeen. You're now at SWPL1 club. Not even a pandemic and an enforced league stoppage could stop you. How buzzing are you? Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's, um, it's a bit like surreal. We've done it a bit early. We thought it would be uh, quite tight, but um, we came back pretty well after the break. We weren't sure how that was going to go. So yeah, we're just, we're delighted to get over the line. What about you, Joe? Yeah, it's unbelievable, to be honest. I don't think at the start of the season we could have predicted how well we would have done. And yeah, it's so good to finally get it over the line and you can just enjoy the last two games. Yeah, it was, it was great to see the photos and all the celebrations and everything yesterday. As a self-acclaimed Aberdeen fan myself, some silverware for Aberdeen always goes nice. But before we go into more title talk, we will do as we always do on this Anyone's Game podcast. We will do a getting to know you questions. So we will start with you, Lauren. Where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm born and bred Aberdeen, <laughs> I'm afraid. But um, my folks are actually from Caithness um, originally, so... Um, Contingency is everyone's from Thurso, but um, I was born here in Aberdeen. Brilliant. Representing your hometown club then. What about you, Joe? Yeah, same with me. Just born in Aberdeen and whole family from Aberdeen, so it's good to play for them. Absolutely. And how did you get into football in the first place, Lauren? I don't know. I've got a massive football family, really. I've got four boy cousins. They all played football. Um and I just like played on the street. Everybody in my street played football. And if you didn't play football, you weren't playing anything, I don't think. So it started there. And then I was lucky enough that my primary school had a girls team, um, which was quite good for back in the day. So you know how old I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just went from there and just loved football. A family loves football. So I was just encouraged to, to keep it going. And was there many other girls teams like round about from any other primary schools? Or? Uh, yeah, it was like a sort of Saturdays league. Um, you would go and play a few. I mean, there wasn't masses of them, but yeah, it was it was quite good. It was more popular than you thought back then. How did you find yourself at Aberdeen anyway, Lauren? Uh, yeah, so like I'm from Port Lathen, which is just outside Aberdeen. I played for them and um, I played well playing against Aberdeen, probably getting thumped 8-0 or something <laughs> um, and just joined the club from there. So I've been, been in and out of the club since uh, about 10, 9 or 10. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Dedication to the cause all these years. What about you, Joe? So similar to Lauren, like my family is like really football oriented. So just always played from a young age. And then my mum actually had a friend who ran a girls team in Aberdeen called East End. And then like, I can't remember like exactly when, but they merged with Aberdeen ladies and it all became one club. So then just started building my way through the age groups and eventually got to the first team. That's, that's, that's brilliant that you both been there for ages through through all really I guess at Aberdeen and that's that's a credit to you both to get now get this success getting back to the SWPL1 and that leads on to my next question Lauren what is your biggest achievement in football so far is it this league title or is anything else that stands out for you in your career yeah I was lucky enough to play international youth football so that's that's always something to be proud of but I just think yeah I think this is probably the the best achievement um just the fact it was back-to-back demotions and um, to turn it around to go back-to-back promotions. Um, 
and we feel we've got the club back where we think we belong in the top league and it's just good um it's good for everyone it's inspired a lot of people um and i think it's inspired our own club as well they took us on two years ago but i think they're really starting to see uh, what the women's team's about and they're they're so glad of their investment in us as well yeah, it was brilliant. I'll just touch on that. It was brilliant to see the likes of Dave Coymack and Rob Wicks and all that sharing stuff and everyone really getting behind the women's team on social media. Have you felt that love as well as like players the last 24 hours? Yeah, I think the, the reach out on social media has, has been fantastic. But um, we also played Partick on Thursday night in Howland, Wind and Rain. And um, we had Scott Brown and Stephen Glass there watching us. So We've definitely inspired something to make them come and stand in that and watch us for uh, 90 minutes with 10 men for most of it as well. <laughs> did they say much after the game? Did, did they say anything to you? Did they? No, um, they've been, Cormac wants to speak to us for going on to next season. So there's been contact there, um, but they've just left us to it this season and he's just come in. So there'll be talks for going forward, I'm sure. That's fantastic, though, to have them on the touchline. But what about you, Joe? What's your biggest achievement so far in the game? Lauren's kind of shown me up there with our Scotland cap, so at <laughs> <laughs> the club level. Uh, so yeah, it'd probably be this season, last season together, both back-to-back promotions. So yeah, it's just unbelievable. Like, like I was a part of the season that we obviously went down, and it's just so good to finally be back in SWPL. So yeah, that's the biggest achievement. Yeah, it must be such mixed emotion as a player to go through such lows, but then when you finally do get that highs, it must be no better feeling, is it? Yeah, just like all the hard work that you've put in over the last two years has sort of paid off and it's made all those moments worth it when you probably thought you, you wouldn't want to play football again. So Absolutely. Yeah. And finally, for getting to know you questions, the question that all the guests always love to get, we'll start with you, Lauren. What is your ultimate five-a-side team with you in it? Of players you've played with or played against, perhaps? Yeah, um, well, I'll start myself, obviously. I'll start <laughs> <out> the five. <laughs> um I'll probably say Smalley, which is Rachel Boyle. Um, she's a really close pal of mine, um, but I played football with her for years. Um, so she'll she'll be chuffed. She's she's made my fives team. I've played against Erin Cuthbert, unfortunately, for Rangers and City and been destroyed by her. So I think she would make my five as well. And then Kim Little. She's from the north, isn't she? She's she's outstanding. I don't know how she's not had Balloon Dior at some points, to be honest. So she'd make it. Um and then I think I'd have my own Keeper in goals had uh, Gail Gilmore. She can get the shout for the Nets because she's been pretty good this season. Uh, saved us a few times, um, and she's for sixteen or seventeen that she is now. She's she's uh, real maturity, so she she can go in goals. Oh, she'll she'll be chuffed for that, and love always love the Northeast contingent, even if it's not Northeast contingent on the podcast. Always the likes of Kim or Rachel end up on this uh, five-a-side team. So I love that. But pressure's on. Joe, what's your uh, five-a-side team then? I, can, I actually can't believe you haven't picked me, Lauren, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you and my 11s have been So me, um, probably go Shannon McGregor, who plays for Hibs now. She'd be my like, engine. And then um, probably pick Bailey as well, just to score goals. Becky Flattery, she used to play for Aberdeen. I don't know who she, where she's at now, but I'll go Kelly just to give her something. <laughs> the fantasy football champ. <laughs> yeah, that's not allowed to be mentioned. Is that a sore point among you, is it? The, the fantasy football? It's because it's, 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 it's her first season and she was on it like every week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what her could have won. 
But it, it does, like, that's the end of getting to know you questions, but it does, from getting to know you both, it does feel like you have a really good close-knit group there at Aberdeen, and is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say so. I think we're sort of, like, in a bit of a niche, is that our squad doesn't change too much between the seasons, because, like, in the central belt, you sort of, players move between clubs quite often, so we play for, like, each other, like, like me and Lauren have played together for years, and there's been a lot of, there's a lot of girls in there that have played together for a long time, and or like one or two additions each season we're pretty consistent so and with the travel as well we spend a lot of time together you forget like on bus journeys and that so it's kind of crucial that we all get along and yeah it's so good and do you feel that see because you have played together so long I mean I know it's a cliche but do you feel that you do know how each other play you know do you know yeah I think so me and Joe are on the same side of the pitch quite a lot as well so yeah it just becomes it becomes quite natural um to play with somebody so regularly but like Joe said, I think, yeah, maybe it's a niche because we're so far north, we don't change players very often. But to be honest, I think, you know, COVID actually maybe has a lot to play in that. We went months without playing um, football. <laughs> Done a lot of running, didn't we, Joe? No one, like, yeah, no one likes that Strava app anymore. Um, but yeah, we, we were speaking two or three times a week, you know, even without playing football. So I think that actually maybe, maybe that benefited for the second half of the season because... Yeah, it's cliche, but we've got like a mantra, we're, we're one team, we're one club. And um, yeah, we think that's definitely shown through this season. I always see Emma sh- sharing that and it is a great model to uh, keep together as a team and one club and feel together. And do you feel like this season, you both played when it was Aberdeen ladies, now you're affiliated with the men's team playing and training at Coymac Park. Do you feel just more part of Aberdeen Football Club now? Yeah, I think so. Like... Obviously, playing in the same place, you see a lot of the same people and we get a lot of the media attention by just using this, like the Twitter handle and things like that. So definitely, um, I'm getting the same kits and things like that. Just like little things that all add up to being a part of the club and, you know, having players wish you like good luck for your games and things like that. It just makes such a massive difference. And it's, it feels, yeah, it does feel like we're such a big part of the club now. We speak about how talented and you mentioned in your team, Lauren, your five-a-side team, you mentioned goalkeeper Gail Gilmer, only 16, 17 years old. You've won the league with two games to spare. With such a young, used to are probably more experienced alongside Kelly. But there's a good, young, talented group of players at Aberdeen. What do you think you can achieve next season in the Astro PL1? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing, I suppose, to have so much youth because the, the future is bright, isn't it? Um, but I think me and Joe will say we balance it quite nicely. <laughs> I'm only 23. Yeah, Joe's class is old in our team, by the way, 23. Um, no, but you, play, you played for them a lot longer than... Um, yeah, you, veteran. Yeah, <laughs> veteran. Veteran at 23. Veteran at 23. Only a year older than me. <laughs> Slightly yeah. younger than me. <laughs> That's it. But to be honest, guys, it's like sounds like I'm dodging the question. We've still got two games left in SPL2, so we've not really sat down and discussed next year at all. You know, we're going into a league that folk are professional in. Um, at the moment, we're not. So there's there's big gaps to fill. But there's teams we played in the Scottish Cup um, last year, the year before, and we've, we've got results from them. Um, so it's positive. You know, we go up, we stay up. But how far up the table we can get. I don't know. We'll need to we'll put a plan in place and see how far we can finish up the table, hopefully. And obviously you mentioned you've got the, the two games left and obviously you've still got uh, Bailey Hutchison and Francesca Overly battling it out for the Golden Boot, which I'm sure you know all about <laughs> from your faces there. <laughs> but I mean, is that a, obviously you want to win the last two games anyway, but I mean, are they kind of 
spurring you on, telling you to give them some service for these last two games? Yeah, I think like just the squad that we have are just so competitive all the time. So we want to win every game and yeah, then two are at it for, for who's going to win. But uh, I think fans closing in, so it'll be tight. Is there a bit of banter going on, just the way he's a laughing there? Has, there been, has this been talked about a lot? Oh yeah, it's mentioned all the time, is it, Joe? We're we're not high up in the school scoring charts, so we tend to try. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I seen a tweet from you earlier, Lord. I was looking through it, and um, how many goals have you scored this season? Um, She's not scored any. Have you not? She scored one against Kilmarnock. You know? <laughs> Oh, that was like a corner. <laughs> but I, I know, I know. You say you get a goal, you get a goal every season. Is that still the case then? Yeah, that's pretty much what I aim for, to be honest. <laughs> Hopefully, that's it. They count for more, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a second goal of the season in the last two games against Glasgow Girls or Boroughmuir. Go all at it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Try not to pass to Fran or Bailey. We might have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Fran messaged um, me the other day, or yesterday, saying she was absolutely gutted. She was denied a hat trick or something. I haven't seen the highlights of that game, but what happened for that effort? Yeah. To be fair, um, I was on the same side of the pitch as Fran, so it, she clipped the crossbar, didn't it, Joe? And it, it bounced yeah. out uh, from my angle. I couldn't see, but apparently there's a photographer out there that has evidence that that was about <laughs> a card over the line. Um, I think Fran feels it should have gone to bar, and the photographer should have shown evidence is um, what she was claiming. So it's yeah, it's tight up there for her and Bailey um, going for that spot. So I think she feels a bit a bit deprived of that one. Sure. <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> well women's football is is growing with the coverage and everything but we haven't quite got VAR yet <laughs> not even in the men's game but what what do you think of VAR just out of interest sort of like mixed like I suppose it's good when it works but then it sort of just takes the thrill out of it doesn't it a little bit when you're celebrating goals that don't stand and then offside you're like so pernickety so it sort of just kills it a wee bit and what do you think it'd be like Lauren as a player standing there waiting how awful would that be <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think it's even worse if you probably scored it, isn't it? Because you yeah. then celebrate again awkwardly. I don't know. It's, it's not <laughs> great for the, for the cameras, is it? <laughs> Go, going back to how you've got to get this title with two games to spare, you obviously had that setback just last week, losing to Hamilton, but you bounced back with back-to-back victories. The 2-0 game against Park Thistle especially, going down to 10, losing your captain. Kelly told... Uh, no, it was Emma mentioned, I think, and Kelly's also mentioned in the podcast previously that she was a bit like a mother figure. What what was it... What goes through your head as a player when you lose your captain so early on in a game like that? Yeah, it's... You never plan a sending off, let's be honest, let alone in the first half. So, um yeah, it was a funny one, though, because, you know, every time you lose someone at that stage of the game, you're thinking, oh, God, OK, let's hold on. But we were playing really well um, that night and there was lots of space in the right areas for us. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think part of kids, yeah, they had chances on target, but nothing special. Um, so bizarrely, we went in at half time, and it just it gave us drive Um we obviously weren't happy with getting beat the game before that. So I think it just put fire in the belly. Um, we went 4-4-1. Four, four, what else can you do? And um, <laughs> poor Billy Hutch ran and ran and ran for about 60 minutes uh, in behind that back line. Uh, and that's just the game plan we had to go with. But yeah, it was it was character building as well, isn't it? You've got to be gutsy to win a game uh, with 10 men and go for it. And um, I think Partick were quite shocked at... Um, how that didn't affect the game that much. 
like with Kelly sending off, I've seen someone's tweets say that she was celebrating from the car park or something. And it's like, oh, is that what happens when you sent off at this level? But it's fantastic. You mentioned Bailey putting in a shift. And I always like to say this. I went to the same school, a cat secondary school as Bailey. And just what a player she is for her age as well. Like you see her every week in training, but um, I, I can see her going quite far in the women's game. Do you think? Yeah, I think she will. I think she's got a good attitude and she works hard for the team and she gets her goals. So and she always seems to be the one that scores when, you know, we need a 1-0 victory or it's like dying to the death. You always sort of want the chance to fall to her and she always takes it when it does. So, yeah, I think if she keeps going the way she's going, she'll, she'll go right to the top. And Lauren, you mentioned sort of character building. See as players, just how tough has this schedule been? With sort of su- su- Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. I know you've had the title sort of driving you on, but for players, how tough has it been? Yeah, especially when you're older. Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday's uh, a lot of, lot of ice baths, uh, on normal baths to get through that. But yeah, it's been bizarre. You know, you go for not playing for six months to then the schedule of almost like not training. Like, you know, you just, it's just game after game after game. So yeah, like credit to everyone in our league because it's it's been a tough fixture list. Um, I suppose maybe luckily we played so many away games in the first half of the season that um, we've had a lot of home games. Um, Kilmarnock's an absolute dread of a trip for us. We've already <laughs> got that out of the way. <laughs> so I think that was good. But yeah, just credit to not just our team, just to the whole SPL too for for making that happen. Um, to travel, you know, we've got Glasgow Girls coming on Thursday. Uh, we went to Queen's Park on a, on a Wednesday. Um, so to have the commitment and make sure you're playing all those games after so much time out, it's it's credit to everyone. No, definitely. I agree. Well said. Yeah, and we can echo that. I always feel sorry for you. I guess as players, you'd rather play than train, but I always feel sorry. Like, it's great for us pundits. We can get out and see all these games, taking two, three games a week. But yous have all, I'm assuming, got full-time jobs on their side in SWPL too. So that's why I always admire the fact that you can do that and still pick up a trophy at the end of the year as well. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think um, the message from Emma was do anything you can to get off your work. (laughs) 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 I I will phone your boss and get you off your work. Um, So that was um, the way we looked at midweek fixtures. So um, yeah, we were going to be there uh, no matter what. Do you, do you work locally? I mean, is the work quite happy if you take time off because they want to support the club as well? Or? Uh, well, yeah, I work in Aberdeen, but yeah, they're quite uh, like lenient with me. Like they take half days or things like when I need. They sponsor me as like a player and that, so they're quite supportive of me playing football. So yeah, personally, I have it quite good, but it might not be the same for everyone else. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I think me and Joe, we've been working from home for like forever now. Um, but there is, there's, there's teachers in our team. You know, you have to go and ask yeah. for time off. Um, Carrie's certainly one of them. And uh, yeah, thankfully, um, everybody's been supporting us to win this league. So. That's brilliant. It's nice to hear. I must admit, yeah. it's lovely. Yeah, I, I love, I love these feel good stories, and that's why we really wanted to do this podcast straight after you've won the league to just get the buzz in this. For me, hosting it as an Aberdeen fan to the players as well. But just obviously you've got promotion, you've won the league. But so apart from you, there's obviously another place up for grabs for promotion. Is there any other teams or individual players particularly impressed you this season? Will it be Hamilton, Partick or Dungeon United you feel will join you in the top flight next season? I'll start with you, Lauren. I, I honestly don't know who will come up at the weekend. The fact Partick and Dungeon United play each other... Um, I'd like to watch that game, to be honest, if we weren't playing. Um, 
And then Hamilton, yeah, they, they beat us the other night. They look quite good. But then they go and slip up um, against teams, you know, lower in the league than them. And uh, I've said this to the girls. I think we played Kelly at the right time. Kelly, after the COVID break, have come back with a very good put-together squad. So I don't think that's going to be a, an easy game for Hamilton. So, yeah, I think maybe Dundee United and Partick, whoever whoever win that, uh, potentially, it's, it's Hamilton's to lose, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you now, Lauren. I was watching the Kilmarnock game against Johnston for anyone's game yesterday. And the last time I'd seen Kelly play was against Hughes before Christmas in the last game before the Vic. And the difference in that team, I don't know if they just have a set formation or if it's Lisa Swanson's inclusion, obviously her experience, but they just looked like a whole different team and they could have scored a lot more goals. So I really feel, no disrespect to any Hamilton players listening to this, but I do feel that... Kelly can put an upset and Dundee United obviously used with 4-0 up against them after half an hour just yesterday did that come as a shock because obviously they've been right up there and I think the first game of the season was 4-3 between the sides was it yeah it was 4-3 it was the last minute winner uh, from us so it was a very very uh, highly contested game for an opener as well um yeah I'm not sure um Dundee United didn't maybe come have the full squad you know they missed Danny McGinley we think she's a good player um especially to play against um but yeah we just wanted that title so bad <laughs> like you probably don't understand that so when we found ourselves 3-0 up in 15 minutes we were just like okay this this is happening Let, let's go for it um we're very, very good uh, first half. And then I think maybe the 10 men on Thursday night, the legs maybe showed a bit in the second half. So it was quite good. We got the, the job done uh, early on. Oh, yeah, so the dream was on in the first half. I, I can just imagine how you were feeling, but we better go to Joe here. Who are you tipping to follow you up to the Astral PL1 next season? I feel like this league is impossible to predict. I feel like, like we read the results every week and we're just like, what is going on? But um, yeah, I feel like Hamilton, it's theirs to lose really, isn't it? As long as they win their game, I think they'll they'll be joining us. But yeah, they were good against us on, on the Sunday just past. So I'll probably tip them to win their game. But you never know what can happen in this league. It's it's bizarre. Well, just when you mentioned that, obviously you guys play in the league, but just how good has Scottish women's football been this season? Because it's been so exciting. I mean, you had the, the top league obviously going to the last day of the season with the Champions League qualifiers. Obviously, you guys have won the league, which is brilliant, but it's the SWL2 has gone to the last day of the season as well. So just how, how good is it to be involved in the sort of the wave that women's football's on at the moment? Yeah, I think it's, it's been so competitive this season, which is good. You can't predict the results, which in previous years you probably could have. And even like the games, especially in the first half of the season in the Prem, you know, it was tight games with Spartans, Hibs and Forfer and such. So, yeah, I think it's been so much better when it's so competitive like like it is. And you didn't really know who was going to win it until the last couple of games. So, yeah, so much better for women's football. And it's more, it's better to watch as well. Would you agree with that, Lauren? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's, it's massive, I think, now in Scotland to have two very competitive leagues. You know, for a time, SPL1 just used to be it and no one would, no one would bat an eyelid at going down the league. So... I think the standards raised like just throughout the whole of Scotland, hasn't it? Like everybody's investing, training more, taking it more seriously. So it's good to see. But yeah, it's it's also good that no one's you no, know, I mean Glasgow City won again. Credit to them because I think uh, they deserved it again. Um but it was at least way more of a title race, wasn't it? It's exciting. Uh-huh. And the old firm investing, you know, it can only get bigger and better, um, better players as well. And I think it'll help Scotland's youth players. If you've got to step up into that environment um, and that's the standard, it'll only benefit our national team in the long run, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's the main motive at the end of the day. And I feel I was just really buzzing for, like I'm buzzing for Aberdeen winning the league. I was buzzing for Glasgow City to do it with the fact that there was so much investment and talk would be the old firm and it was Glasgow City who won the league. Obviously, you won't give much away. It's, only, it's still two games to play. But do you think Aberdeen are going to invest more in the club next season going into the SWPL1? Yeah, we hope so. Um, they took us over two years ago. Um, and to be honest, we had a two-year plan. Um, or two years was asked of us, wasn't it, Joe, to get back to SPL1. Um, so credit to you know us as players. But as a as a um, club, they put the everything in place for that to happen. And um, we had no excuses. We had all the right environment and everything we needed. Um, so yeah, now we're there. If honestly we we don't know um right now what it is, but we're gonna have a sit down as a club and maybe come up with a two, three, five year plan. Because I think you need to, don't you? Once you're in this league and you see people above, you know, even Spartans are going part-time. It's it's credit. It shows you don't have to be part of a massive club to do it. So yeah, fingers crossed. I think we've inspired the club enough to hopefully uh, invest in us now. Yeah, well, 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 here's hoping that's the case. But this leads perfectly on to our questions from the fans. So for any listeners we don't know, we put questions out to fans of Aberdeen and general Scottish women's football fans on Twitter and our social media accounts to Lauren and Joe to ask them for this podcast. So we'll start with a question from the Red Tinted Glasses podcast, which you might have seen before. They ask, do you hope this success will help attract more fans next season? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think even just with the media attention, you know, people who follow the men's team are now invested in the women's team as well, wanting us to do well, and especially since we're winning games and leagues and things like that and um, I think it has generated more interest and hopefully you know when maybe COVID dies down a wee bit we can get more fans in to see the games and on red TV and things like that so um, it's become more available for, for people who maybe don't have or haven't seen women's football before and they can get interested. Just to lead up on that um, just out of interest you used to play at Shedixley pitch did you before you played it and then Sports Village then Coymac Park is that what the Aberdeen ladies used to do? Uh, yeah, we played at Hermes. No, where did we play? Um, was it Sunnybank? Oh, Sunnybank. was it Sunnybank? Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe going to lead on to actual next question, but someone announced said there was going to be an announcement about where you're going to play next season. Have you got any exclusive insight on that for us? Yeah, I suppose we do. It's um, <laughs> I don't. It won't be a secret for long, so we'll let you know. But. Uh, we'll be playing at Bob Model Park in the cold. Um, Predic- next- I predicted that. <laughs> hey, that did, that's what I was talking about. That I, did, about that. <laughs> I said under 21s play there sometimes, so I thought it might be. Yeah, this Exclusive here for- on anyone's game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as you're a Don's fan, you, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's similar to Park. Obviously, you know, it has a stand and there's stipulants for the league for going above. Um, so we'll be playing out of there. But um, we're also playing out of there on Sunday. Um, we play Cormac Park during the week and we play there on Sunday. Because um, of COVID restrictions, hopefully we're allowed a wee bit more people, you know, because you can socially distance at Battle Balmoral Park. And it's more for family and friends because we get the cup that day. Um, oh, we've yeah. got fans uh, for don't know how long. So we wanted to, to do that. Well, some, well, someone might be uh, might decide to make a trip up to uh, Balmoral Park for that game then. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, we've got Joe. We've got a question from you for from Emma Hunter. Oh, what's yeah. your trick? What's your trick at the end of every training session? 
I feel like this is going to be a bit of a let down. <laughs> it's not really a trick. It's just like when we collect all the footballs in after training, I like get them to go like a distance away from me and I go and catch them all. And it's not really a trick, but it's a good skill. I'm but so you, Sunday kicks it, you catch. Yeah. yeah, in the ball bag. So you've got to get every single ball in the bag without dropping the rest of them. Yeah, I, I pretty much do it like every single time. I honestly think if there was like a professional sport that did this, I'd be at the top. Well, I'm quite impressed with that, to be honest, because that sounds quite difficult. <laughs> Another exclusive here on Anyone's Game podcast, Joe Fazer is a professional at collecting balls at the end of training. So <laughs> <laughs> I could go so wrong. <laughs> and we, we have got, we've got a question from one of your players, Mums Zoe Ogilvie, who, who DM'd, DM'd us saying to ask you both, how's the heats today? Maybe it's something we should have asked earlier, but was there a few beverages drank last night? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we maybe went back to Zoe Ogilvie's garden and she uh, <laughs> poured us some drinks. So yeah, um, not too bad, Teller, but um, next week I'll, we'll definitely have sore heads, that's for sure. <laughs> um, we've had a Jamie on Twitter ask, do you have any pre-match rituals? So Joe, you first. Have you got a pre-match ritual? No, I'm really boring. I don't have any. I'm not superstitious <laughs> at all. Um, there are a few in the team that are that are superstitious, but no, I don't have any. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. Um, there's people in our team like well, when we have before COVID, um, Carrie always sits one side and then Fran sits the other, but that's their superstition and not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the one in the middle. Um, but yeah, I, I if I play rubbish, I'll change my boots for the next game. Maybe that's about it. But uh, yeah, nothing superstitious here either. <laughs> And the next question, which must remain anonymous, but is from someone at the FC, and it's a question for Joe. Joe, how did you feel when everyone was hugging you, celebrating at full time on Sunday as you were crowned champions? We're intrigued yeah. to know. Terrible. I'm more of a, a high fiver. Don't like <laughs> hugs. You don't like. I am. Pitch me off ever scoring a winner anywhere. Not that I would anyway, but. <laughs> That would always be in the back of my mind. I I think I gave a few out. There was like a few lucky individuals that got a hug. What about family? Do they get hugs? No, they're never there. Because I'm a bit like you, I'm, a, I'm not really a hugger, but when it comes to family, yeah, but see these people you hardly know, they just come up and cuddle you, and you're like, what are you doing? That is me. There's a few like that in our team, and I'm just, I'm not keen for it. Who's the worst for that? Like, when, when you... Uh, and when the full time whistle went, who was the first to like start the celebration and start jumping over everyone? Tash is a Tash is a hugger. Honestly, she'd hug anyone, people that she wouldn't even know before. She'd just go up and that's how she greets people. It's it's bizarre, but no, I think on on Sunday I I'd made a, a special exception. Uh, well, very quickly because we are running out of time, but um, we had another question from was Thomas. So we're looking for your funniest dressing room story ever, Lauren. We'll start with you. I don't know, something funny that's happened in the dressing room, if you can think of something, I don't know. Any bus trips that might be interesting? There's always a few involving, like, my car. Like, it's a bit of a running joke in the team that I'm just a terrible driver. At a training ground once, I, like, we used to train out of this place called Lawsondale, and the car park's always heaving. So I, think saw this massive space thinking, oh, yes, better I'll get in here. Like, well, everyone else parked in the street and stuff. So then I went onto this curb, and as soon as I went up on the curb, I was like, this was a terrible mistake. And then my car was basically just like tilting on this curb because it was like so high. 
And yeah, we were all like 20 minutes late for the pre-match meeting because they were all trying to push my car off this curb. It was really a highlight for me because like my exhaust and all that was hanging off and we had to get someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I had to come and get my car off this curb. There was that even that space was free, wasn't there, Joe? I think. <laughs> I was like, I just threw up and I was like, why is no one taking this? Well, the next time I walk past Lawsondale playing fields on the way to my grands, I will remember that story. But but finally, that's all we've got time for because we run out of time with the questions from the fans. But one thing I will ask you before we go, the Euros on at the moment, Scotland are obviously unfortunately out. Who are you tipping as favourite to win it? Right, well, we've got a team sweeper um, on the go. Who did you get, Joe? I got Holland. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got I got Sweden. Who I didn't. I, know, I don't know how you're you're in it longer than I am. But. <laughs> we're going to see Sweden tomorrow night. And yeah, me and Carrie are going to see them at Hamden tomorrow night. <laughs> so we're hoping there's a game like the Spain game you just watched earlier with plenty of goals. There you go. But yeah, I didn't even know Sweden were there till I picked them out the hat. But um, I don't know. I quite Belgium must be due to win something, don't they? Where that's going. Probably. France, well, France, France are getting beat 1 0 at the moment. Are they? Uh-huh. Yeah. Switzerland. It's crazy. A tournament of surprises, perhaps. We better conclude and say once again a massive thank you to Kenny, Lauren, and Joe for joining me on this podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and congratulations once again on that league title. Hopefully, yes, you can get you. great celebrations at Balmoral Park on Sunday. So. Yeah, congratulations. Enjoy your day on uh, Sunday. You deserve it. So, very well done. Thank, Thank you very much. much. I'll st-